Welcome back to another episode of Never Left Behind. Um, I know it's been a little bit, um, but yeah, we miss you guys. <laughs> we've uh, we've had some craziness in all of our lives. It's mm-hmm. been it's been a little hectic these past couple of weeks for all of us. But uh, you know, we thought it was really important for us to come back together, especially you know the three of us, Tom, Bo, and myself, um, and, and talk about Veterans Day. You know, we we wrote this book, The Twenty Year War, um, really highlighting and, and allowing veterans to tell their story, and and it's entirety and with uh you know veterans day uh coming around tomorrow Mm. and uh we just thought it was important to kind of talk about the state of the veteran community kind of our perspective on it as two veterans me and tom and then also bo's perspective as a civilian and especially how it's changed over the course of this year um and then kind of what our hopes and dreams are of of what the veteran community can be and uh, you know how we're hoping to to help shape that in any way, shape, or form that we can for a, a more positive outcome. Um, so with that, I uh, you know I, I printed off a bunch of facts, kind of to help steer the discussion a little bit. Or what I'll say is a, a bunch of research that is coming from multiple sources that I can say is as accurate as it can be. Somebody's right. going like, to fact check us. Somebody's going to fact check it. <laughs> They're going to say, oh, that number is like slightly off. That percentage is a percentage point off. That number is, you know, a few thousand off, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It came from, you know, the Department of Defense, the Veteran Affairs, uh, the Veterans Health Administration, um, the Pew Research Institute, the George Bush uh, Research Center. So, I mean, a, a bunch of different places that I I personally trust the facts and, and, and uh, or trust the data. And it's close enough that I think we can at least have a, a really strong conversation um you know about what the state of veterans are in the u.s right now mm-hmm. yeah so the you know the first thing i, I want to cover because i want to cover up front because i want to get it just hit it right in the face at the very beginning and then get past it is the the conversation that that irritates me and i know it irritates you too tom that i feel like is always at the forefront of when you're discussing anything veteran related and it's the twenty-two a day. It's the. Hey, the, are we are we doing push-ups? Do we have rings? Are <laughs> we? Are we are we jumping into ice buckets? I mean, are, are we fucking doing something with this? If we're gonna, if we're, we're, gonna we're bringing it, back the ice bucket if, if challenge. If I hit it hard enough about sort of the absurdity <laughs> that this can be sometimes. You know, and I think that's the feeling from majority of veterans. Yeah, and, and it and it's a. Right. You know what it is? You know what I think it is? Why people cling to things like that? And I, I don't want to downplay them. Like, I think it is important that is a conversation that people have and that they they rally around trying to, to solve, you know, the problem. But the problem is, right. is that I feel like we always bring it up and there's never a solution at the end of whatever challenge is out there. Mm-hmm. And there's never like hard hard like cold hard like this is what we're going to do here's the steps we're going to take to fix this issue and let's get some funding yeah. behind it and let's get the right people in place to actually be mm-hmm. able to 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 make a difference um so that's that's where i kind of want to start is like you know you you kind of started talking about it a little bit tom like what's your perspective of of the the narrative of 22 a day always being at the forefront yeah. so let me start off, and I've said this publicly multiple times, but those those who haven't heard it, I have absolutely attempted suicide before. Okay, I've had my 45 to my head, feeling like all hope was lost, like being that veteran. So 
the frustration and the sarcasm from earlier has nothing to do with the issue of veteran suicide because I am or I have been dangerously close to being that statistic. So I just I for those of you who don't know me, let's start there. My problem is, is that suicide prevention and having a conversation like that requires a relationship. Okay. Um, you know, you can, you can tell me that random veteran here in Omaha, Nebraska, where I am just down the street is having a problem. Right. And I'll go over and I'll try and help. I I absolutely, I'll be like, Hey man, like, can we talk this out? But that dude's like, I don't know you. I don't know why you care. Fuck you. Like there's only so much I can do. Mm -hmm. Now, on the other hand, if Dan calls me up and is like, brother, I am like in deep. Him and I can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Him and I, I'm like, hey, listen, man, think about, you know, you know, per, you know, facts of his personal life that I know, you know, that that are reasons to like give him hope. Point out all the things that we did struggling to to, you know, to create this book that shows Sherry Spirits, those things that we did overseas about how we wouldn't want to give up on our brothers and sisters, like these very personal, very tangential things that him and I can do because we have a relationship. That's how you stop veteran suicide. Like I'm, it's I'm sorry to all the social media, social justice warriors, and to all of the corporations. And this is something we can talk about um, because I think that around Veterans Day, you're really starting to see the same thing that you hear a lot in actually the LGBTQ community because they have such a great term for it. And that's every June when Pride comes around, suddenly it's it's corporate rainbow social justice, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. It's like it's just let's sell some shit. Well, how many free meals are Applebee's going to give out on Thursday tomorrow? How many discounts are going to happen? How many like there's just it, on some levels it's become this other way to do, you know, veteran profiteering. Um, and at the end of the day, when it comes to 22 a day, it requires a relationship. It requires that's what makes suicide prevention so hard, man. That's why it's a one to one or a one to few. Yep. And you're never going to solve that with a tweet. You're never going to solve that with a ring or some push-ups. Like I love, you know, Gallant Few has a Spartan pledge where it's like, I will not take my own life until I talk to another buddy. The pledge isn't, um, I mean, even inside it's, it's not like, oh, I'm 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 not gonna think about it. I'm not, it's it's acknowledging things can be hard and saying, but before I do this, I promise I'm at least gonna pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. Right. So who, so who are you going to call? Right. Sure. You're, you're sure as shit not calling some random stranger and dialing some random number. Right. And that's, that's where the whole 22 a day frustrates me. And then we've even gotten to the point where we've lost the horizon lock so much. It was like, well, it's actually 17 a day. No, it's 24 a day now. It's like, how about we just accept that it's 1.5% more than the average populace of the United States. So if, you are one and a half times more likely in your community to do something that is statistically relevant and statistically a problem. I know that's mm-hmm. some, the world that Dan and I live in a ton. And it's like, let's start there. Let's also acknowledge that, you know, you random person listening to this are not going to be privileged the inner workings of my mind. You're not the person I'm talking to. So we have to have that acknowledgement. And we as the, as, as the veteran community, frankly, have to take ownership of both ourselves and of our brothers and sisters and, and have that honesty. And to me, and I know I'm, I'm doing the classic Tom Amenta, now I'm fired up rant thing, but it's why I hate the Captain America. 
uh, or the I'm a Billy Badass stereotype, the older I get, the more I hate it. Because you want because that's preventing a lot of men and a lot of women from going out and getting help because they think they're supposed to tough it out. They think they're supposed to, you know, I, I remember that when I was in college, it's like, Oh, I'm supposed to be better than this. Okay. Everything was going wrong for me at that moment in my life. I had been in a combat zone six weeks before I got to a college campus. And four months after that, while I'm not adjusting at all, I have no support network. I know barely fucking anybody on campus. I'm drinking a bottle of bourbon a night. Seriously, like straight up raging fucking alcoholism, right? Because I don't know what else to do. And suddenly I've got a 45 to my temple. Well, psychologists and, and, and shrinks and I'm like, well, duh. Like you have no coping mechanisms. You have no support network. You have nothing. What did I do? I picked up and called my best friend who was up in Chicago at the time, crying my eyes out, being like, Sarah, I don't know what's wrong, right? That's, that's what stopped it was this like, it's not going to happen. And so until we as a community continue to support mental health and continue to say it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to take off the armor and this faux machismo or is it machismo for women? Cause this is definitely not just a dude thing. Like mm -hmm. it's that, like it's that I'm so tough thing that the military inspires in you until you say, you know what? Sometimes you do really need to take a knee, drink water, not bourbon and you know, talk to someone. It's not getting any better. And I'm sorry, but all the pushups in the world aren't going to stop that. Yeah. No. Well, I, I appreciate you telling telling your your personal story because I I think it's really easy for people to especially veterans as well to like get behind something and mm -hmm. or bash, you know, the the initiative behind 22 a day or, you know, the 22 push-ups a day right. or whatever 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 it is. It's easy to bash it, but it, if you haven't experienced it for yourself, it's really easy to stand on that pedestal. So you know, understanding your perspective yeah, and, and being in that place is, is really important. And, and, the, and, the, and the thing for me is, it's, is I think that a lot of people are really trying to do something good for that. Like, we've also got to remember that the the global war on terror veteran now that is over represents less than one percent of the American population, even though that war went on for 20 years. OK, mm -hmm. so there is a I, I think that there are a lot of people who want to do the right thing and they think that it's helping so if if you're not a part of the veteran community and you're listening to this i understand if you think that's the thing it's just super surface surface level to most of us and i am i'm just again i i just i'm speaking for myself on a student i promise you the last thing on earth i was thinking about with a gun to my head was oh someone did some push-ups to remind mm -hmm. me not to do this mm -hmm. you know or yeah. if I had a ring on my thumb that was black, it, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I think, especially in this social media interconnected world, we feel better when we say into that echo chamber, I care. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference between saying something and doing it, of yeah. walking the walk and talking the talk. And when it comes to veteran suicide, the only way it's going to get better is if we all as veterans and our true civilian allies and I, you know, are willing to also walk mm -hmm. and the walks a hell of a lot harder than just running our mouths the way that we are right now. Right. And, and that's, and that's my problem with it is that I, I love that people seem to care. I really do. And I, and I'm going to, and I really do believe that most people do, but if we're really honest, um, you know, I think another great example of this is that you go to the grocery store, right? 
and you buy your weekly food budget and you spend like $120, right? For like a week or a week and a half's worth of food, right? And then you ever notice like now it's like, would you like to round up to the dollar to help mm-hmm. insert charity here? Right. And so what do we do? Of course, who, uh, I always I do. I don't care if it's 99 cents. I just, whatever, click. Great. And you feel good about it, right? You're like, oh, I, I gave, I gave some literal change to whatever this causes. And I don't think about, I don't think twice about it. Um, and did I, did I help whatever that, that cher- cancer, you know, you know, homelessness, feeding, whatever. Did I help technically? Yeah. Did I really help? Fuck no. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I, I pushed one button and gave just because I was at the store and I gave 69 cents. Like, what's that gonna buy? But yeah. I feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's there's that dopamine shot of, oh, I did a good thing. No, I I did the absolute tiniest possible thing to say that I did something that when you take a micro a, a millimeter step back, you're like, you didn't do shit, man. And I think that sometimes people get so wrapped up in that feel good of saying that they did something that they do not take that millimeter step back to say, how much did I really do? And I want to be super clear. I am, I'm level leveling most of that criticism actually at the veteran community. Like I'm my fellow brothers and sisters, like that's where we fall down the most. Mm -hmm. And that's where rather than stepping up and saying, this is how we fix it. This is how we help have these conversations. This is what you need to do. We just keep doing the pushups. Mm-hmm. Right. Or we just keep putting the, you know, talk is cheap. If you really care, here's my phone number. Call me post on Facebook. You just did the same fucking thing. You said you hate it, man. Yep. Like that's that's where it gets from. Well, well and, and, even, like, and, and even like you said, I mean, to use the grocery store as an example, I mean, how many of those do we donate to? But we don't even actually do research on it after we leave. I don't. Like yeah. I literally round I up, I donate, Zero. and then I literally am thinking about my groceries and putting them in the fridge when I get home. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. I don't think to look up stuff like that. And it's, you know, Tom, to back you up, you know, for me being a civilian. So if there's other people listening that are civilians, when I heard about again, to use the push ups as an example, whether you've seen on social media, it's like twenty two push ups a day. You know, I thought mm-hmm. that I don't know, maybe a year ago when I saw it, before I kinda got tied into you two and, and creating our book and becoming closer with veterans, I thought that all these things were like, oh, that's kind of cool. I, I can see where maybe that's helping. But then when I remove myself and I look outside of it, I'm like, it's not. Like, it's it's a good gesture. And I think that everybody has their heart in the right place. But I just don't, I agree. It, it We got to think further on how can we actually help people besides doing these little things for social media and so forth. Well, and this is where, like, I... I tell people this all the time and you know, we, we have that post that we kind of, kind of hint, you know, kind of said this, but where I think, and this is for anybody who's, who's suicidal, right? It doesn't matter if they're a veteran or not, but I, I think since we're talking about veterans in particular, this is where veterans can help themselves and then civilians can help veterans is just talk and mm-hmm. listen. Mm-hmm. Like it's, yeah. it's so easy. And that's why, you know, you, to your point, the first thing that you did, you picked up the phone, you talked to somebody like to be able to talk to somebody and let the veteran just spill it all out, just get it all out there and, and try and attack the demons by just talking it to death. Like, yeah. you know, you gotta, you gotta get past a point to where you've, you've got to come to terms with what you've been through. You definitely have to understand that it's no matter what it was, whether it was just the training, whether it was just the removal from society, whether it was, 
you know, witnessing your friends being blown up, your brothers and sisters dying, you know, to the most extreme yourself being injured and, you know, losing limbs or blind or burned or whatever it is. Or, or feeling guilty that you didn't fight yeah, in combat. A- any of those things can, can yeah. lead to PTSD, but you have to get to the point to realize that that's what's causing it. And you still have to reflect on it and, and be able to talk about it because the second that you bottle it all up, the second you just keep it to yourself and you never just get it out there is when it's really easy to, to feel that disconnection and feel helpless and hopeless. Like nobody's going to understand. Nobody's going to get it. Nobody's going to under, you know, feel what I feel. But the second you open yourself up and just have that, that conversation is when you can get past that hurdle, when you can, finally say okay maybe there are other people i can talk to maybe there are other people who've went through the same thing as me maybe there are other people that will understand what i've been through and we just got to get to that point well not not only that but i truly believe that for those people that commit suicide when like tom said earlier when that statistic just keeps going up and up what is that doing that's just encouraging other veterans to think that okay well Mm -hmm. other veterans are doing this they're committing suicide so i might as well do it because it's the easy way out yeah I, I don't know if I would go that far, Bo, and the reason I wouldn't is because I think that what it shows is that how ineffective some of these things we've been trying so far are. I mm. don't know. Like, there is there it, there is actually a very real tragic, uh, like, school shooting. Like, since Columbine, there is a, well, this get, someone else got attention for this, too, and I am, I am going to mm. go out this way. Yeah. So I, I don't. I don't want to totally discredit it because I haven't ever seen this. I don't think they've really done a study on it. I just think that the fact that it's super stable suggests to me that we still haven't solved the root cause and we still haven't found a way to be honest and open and authentic about our feelings. But what I will say, and I think this goes in line with that, is that money doesn't solve this problem. And that's another thing that really frustrates me about when I see people like, of even charities that I love, okay, like Merging Vets and Players is an organization I've supported for a really long time. You know, we had so many members of that that were that were in the book. Um, you know, they they need funded. The Wounded Warrior Project, Hunter Seven, like all like there are a lot of organizations out there that you know, veteran suicide isn't going to get solved no matter how much money you throw at the problem. Mm-hmm. Burn pits, cancer funding, treatment, you know, um, you know, hand, you know, handy capable you know, housing or sports or things like that for veterans who have lost limbs or, you know, something like that. Like absolutely money can help fix those problems. There is no amount of cash that you can put down in front of someone who's depressed and in a dark spot. And that's suddenly going to make it better. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you right now, you could have dropped, you could have given me $3,000 or whatever, you know, $3 million when I was dark like that. And all that meant is that that bottle of alcohol that I was drinking a night that was bourbon was going to go from like Jim Beam or Buffalo Trace before everybody knew what it was to like, you know, 21 year old McCallum every night. Okay. Like that's what, that's where we were going. We were going from American whiskey to scotch. If you'd given me money, right? Like that was not solving my problem. And I think that for a lot of people, when you talk to you, that's not going to solve it either. And so that's, I think the other thing that personally gets me really as you can see, all the Italian comes flying out at me about veteran suicide is because the answer is actually the simplest form of the idea. And that is talking. And that is shattering the stigma that um, mental health, that, you know, it's a, that it's, that it's, you've got to repress it, that you've, that you've, that you've got to, um, you know, 
hold it down. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. honestly, I think one of the bravest people that I've seen in all of this year in just a, a year of profound bravery is Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons. Because a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. he's like, my yeah. head is fucked. I am not playing football until I'm better. Yeah. That dude is all world. Okay. There, when it comes to the height and absolute peak of someone's profession, no one is screwing with Calvin Ridley. Okay. Mm -hmm. He is a top three and in the world, truly in the world at what he does. Yeah. And for that man to be like, I'm not okay. Yeah. And well, to, and to continue to do what I'm doing and pretend otherwise is bullshit. And I'm not doing it. I think that's a great point. You know, th there's a lot of parallels that are drawn often between sports and like professional sports, professional sports players mm -hmm. in the military, mm -hmm. and especially people combat arms. Right. And I, I think there is a very clear relation, like just the training path, what you put your body through, like what you experience, things like that. Um, mm -hmm. But there definitely has been a a surge of professional athletes who've said, you know, I'm not okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. I like, I am struggling mentally and I need to take a break. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think of, uh, I think her name is Gabby Douglas, the gymnast, um, um, uh, Naomi, Simone Biles. Uh, Simone Biles. Thank you. Thank you. It was actually Simone Biles. Um, yep. uh, Naomi, um, Osaka, I think. Osaka. Is her, yep. Uh, yep. she's another one who Best came player. out and said, you know, I'm not okay. And then Michael Phelps has like kind of come behind it and been, you know, a big time advocate for it too. And said, you know what? I'm glad that they're coming yeah. out because I screwed up. I didn't tell people that I was mentally not there and I wasn't right and things like that. And I had to deal with it after the fact. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of veterans, you know, us having this conversation and there's other, you know, big veterans, you, you talking about your experience. JC is another person who's in our book who has, you know, huge voice, a, a good, a great audience and things like that. Like a, a big, big base that, you know, he touches and he's come out and said, you know, I've, I've contemplated suicide multiple times mm -hmm. and I've actually attempted multiple times. And now he's working with a company like Moth and Flame to try and fix the issue yep. Yep. and, and try and come up with a solution that's different than just throwing money at it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there there needs to be that addressing of like, you know what, you can have your points where you say, you know what, just I need to have a mental break. I need to have, you know, time away. But I, I think the U.S. military as a whole needs to address it. And I've been talking to a lot of people who are actually still active duty and things like that. And they're trying to address it within even the active duty ranks. Um but there's still a stigma. It, it doesn't matter. It's like yeah. if you if you take a break for a month, a mental break from training, people are still going to think, you know, is he right or is she right in the head to be able to come back and fight? And that's the unfortunate reality. But bringing it all back full circle, I'm hoping these professional athletes who are doing it and then coming back and showing that they're still competing at the top of their level, that's going to show the U.S. military and the people in the ranks that like, hey, they can do it. They're coming back. They're at their top of their game still. We can do it too. What, what do you think, uh, coming from a civilian, let's say there's civilians that don't know many military people. Like mm -hmm. maybe there's nobody in their family. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't have any friends. What would be your guys' input on civilians that want to get involved in the veteran community and maybe help change that statistic? Like what do you think the best approach for civilians uh, like myself to get involved in the veteran community without knowing anybody. So I think that actually you're a great example of the person who started as an outsider and now is kind of an insider, not yeah. kind of that you are, <laughs> yeah. but mm -hmm. the thing that you did the most Bo, is you listened. Yeah. Yep. 
like straight up, like you went out. I mean, to this day, one of my favorite stories forever is going to be listening to the audio of you talking to Bill Thetford <laughs> and asking a bunch of questions that are just that I shouldn't you, have like, asked. If you really understood that what I, you were asking, it is. What's up? That I was sitting in the corner, like on the other couch, being like, "Oh, were they that bad?" Right. I mean, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> they weren't bad. It was just it's it, it's it's from an an honest innocence is where it came from. It's just like right. you just didn't know, and it, it was right. But, but it comes out because you are genuinely trying to know who this guy is, yeah. and anyone who has even who who's not honest, who's not authentic, who isn't seeking to understand asks that question and they're going to get a very different response. Right. But it's like one of the things that I can say, and, and I actually think it's something that I, I say to a lot of people and they've asked me it, you know, cause I've got to like in the day job, I've, I'm doing like the veterans, you know, thing for the DEI committee, you know, on tomorrow and you know all this other stuff is you asked really good questions and you were genuinely interested in every individual that you talked to and it shows up on the audio. So when you ask a dude who has been in the not officially acknowledged by the Pentagon to this day, even though we all know that it exists in Delta Force living legend, like how many times he's been to combat and he's just kind of like, eh, you know, you know, been around a little bit. You're like, no, no, no. Like, like, you know, we kind of need something for like, you know, it's like, I need well, a number. Know, I've been to a lot of places and like, it's just, he understands like that you're not being a dumbass about it. Yeah. You know, like even though Dan and I will tease you forever about this yep. and you, and, and understands that you were just trying to have a conversation, right? This is mm -hmm. why I say all the time when we've, and you guys have been in the interviews before, it's like, Outside of asking me if I've killed someone, if like, which is never going to be okay because that's just a fucking stupid question, you can ask me some really potentially dumbass and really potentially quote unquote offensive to some question if I know you're asking it in an earnest and honest way and you're just trying to have a conversation with me. Because all right, so even though I said this about about the uh, the killing thing, one of the funny stories in my life, and I, I think this illustrates the authenticity really well when it's like being earnest, is my grandmother. Uh, I get back from combat in July of 2002, right? And my her brother, my my great uncle, had been a, been a cavalry officer in the Vietnam era, and so she's like, you know, he's like, Mary, whatever you do, don't ask him if he killed anyone. Don't ask him about the gun battle. You know, like just just don't. Like he was a ranger. He is, you know, <laughs> and so he's clearly got my grandmother all nervous. So I come over and I give my grandmother this huge hug. I'm like, hi grandma. It's so good to see you and whatever. And she's like, oh, I'm so glad you're safe. You didn't kill anyone, did you? <laughs> and the whole room just stops. <laughs> and like eyes as huge as saucers. And like my grandmother's like five foot two. She's just this tiny little sprite of a woman, right? I'm like, I'm like, grandma, it's okay. Like I give her another big hug. I'm like, then it went away because, you know, and I found out the story about my great uncle later, but it's like, you know, so I guess I should, I should say there is a way that I guess you could answer, ask me that. And I'm just going to chuckle about it. But mm -hmm. you know, it's like, there's, there is so much room with people to have a conversation if it comes from an earnest place. Mm -hmm. And Bo, you do that all the time. So to a civilian, like, be, be interested, be engaged. Don't show me that you want to know about my experience and the veteran experience. And this isn't just some like um, fetish gore porn line of inquiry mm -hmm. and we'll have a great conversation and I'll, I'll yep. be really open about it. Like, you know, and I, and I think most vets will it's the, and you, and you hear that a lot in the audio when you were doing those interviews, the problem is, is that for me is that when, uh, 
someone asks me about something like this and I think that they either have an agenda or they're just like, you know, sort of morbidly curious, like it's like, you know, some sort of like macabre Edward, Ed, you know, yeah. Edgar Allan Poe type inquisition where I'm like, man, fuck you. Like <laughs> kiss my fucking ass. And, and, like, and, and I think, go, watch, go watch a movie. Yeah. And I think to even add to that, you know, there may be people listening that are other civilians that are like, okay, well, Bo is a photographer and found a way in to do this project, but I'm not a photographer and I don't have anything that's going to connect me to veterans authentically. I would say that even if you like work in a company where there's veterans or you're on social media and you can easily find veterans on social media nowadays, I think that even just by asking a question, like if you're following veterans and they're doing something and you're thoroughly interested and you're like commenting on their post, and asking, you know, hey, what, what, uh, how do you define leadership? Like, what are some of the things that you've learned that we can use in today's society? Like, really serious questions that aren't selfish. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think that that's kind of the best way you go about it. And then, like Tom said, you listen, you know, you, you find out, but, but think about the questions before you ask, because it's just like asking anybody. I mean, like Tom said, besides asking and- if you've killed anybody, you're going to think before you ask anybody. Any questions, civilian or veteran? So just keep it the same. Yeah, and I'll say for the veteran community too, if someone asks you an honest question and you know it's an authentic question, even if it's kind of a, a question you're like, you want to roll your eyes at, don't be a pompous dickhead about it. Like, mm-hmm. that's the other thing that, like, it, let's also mm-hmm. have the other, let's, if we're talking about Veterans Day and uh, if this is during like the Veterans Day Festivus, like, let's also be honest here. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, like, if you're the veteran and someone asks a, uh, you know, a question that's maybe not super well thought out, but it comes from an honest place. Don't be a punk ass about it. Like I, I'm getting to the point right now where it almost annoys me and makes me angrier when I read what's very clearly like a 17 year old kid who's just curious about like, well, what do I do to get ready for this? Or what do I do? And, and the answer is like, just don't fucking quit kid. And fuck you. Come on. Like, yeah. or, you know, what was it? What was it like? It fucking sucked. What do you think? It, you know, like overseas, like it fucking sucked. What do you fucking think it was like? Motherfucker, like, you are not only doing yourself no favors, you're not doing any of us mm-hmm. us a favor. There's a couple of questions that we all know that, yeah, you want to get a little salty, and it's not your grandmother asking it. I mean, okay, like, I can't be too mad about that because that bugs me too. But I get asked so many questions in the back of my head. I'm like, really? I got to answer this again, mm-hmm. you know, at this point. But it's like, you want to know what? Let like, like we've talked about a lot, you guys, like, you know, off air and, you know, around we veterans represent roughly 1% of the American population from the GWAT. It's not only the 99% to just like wake up one day and Wikipedia the shit out of the GWAT experience no. and, and suddenly know and be informed. It's on our job that it's on us and it's our job to educate. Mm-hmm. And that's part of being a leader. And is, is that is to coach, teach and mentor. And if you're not prepared to do that, then just, politely say i really don't want to talk about it that's fine yeah. too like no i'm not i'm not saying you have to but don't be a dick about it like because mm-hmm. there's no one worse than just a snide snarky veteran in a pissed off mood being a dick and that's a gender neutral term for those of you scoring at home okay <laughs> well that that's that's like, a that's a really good point that you made too because if i put myself in that situation by interviewing these veterans for our book if i came across somebody that was just a dick to me or was very short it would probably push me the opposite way. It would make me like not want to continue to do it. I'd be like, am I going to keep running into people that just kind of want to hate on me because I'm not asking the questions the right way or because I can't relate to them. So it's, it's kind of like what you said, Tom, it's, 
in, in short terms, like be humble and try and understand where these people are coming from with their questions because you never know who may be asking legitimate questions because they want to join the military. Yeah. Like I, I can't count the number of times and we t- talked about one example, but like very early when we started the project and uh, <clears throat> you can hear in, in kind of the early podcasts, I felt like I was doing a favor, but then I realized it was like, eh, well, maybe not, but like trying to explain all the acronyms and trying to explain mm. like what all this stuff means, because there is definitely like a, it, it's like working in a, in st- let's just say a, uh, a computer science role world tech sector. Like you worked at Google for 20 years and then you're talking to somebody who worked at like, I don't know, Meineke around the block changing tires his entire life mm-hmm. and trying to get them right. together and have a conversation. Like they're going to be talking different terms. It's, it's difficult to have that, but you can still have a real conversation with each other and you could still like care about, you know, what's going on in your lives and what your family's up to and all this other stuff. And you don't have to be like condescending. You'd be like, Oh, you don't know what this, you know, what this means in code, or you don't know what this type right. of highway tire does on at, at 80 miles an hour. You know what I mean? I, well, I was, I was just going to say, you don't, you know, the, the mechanic can look at the, the computer engineer and be like, what, you don't know the PSI, yeah. uh, you know, that's required for your tires or the, or the, or the torque or the torque wrench you need to, to put the lug nuts on and the computer scientist is like, well, what you don't know what the Kubernetes source container size is for your data storage warehouse or like how you're going to like move through the cloud, you know, like what, you don't know what your on-prem versus cloud, like, you don't, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's funny, like Dan and I, Dan works in tech right now and I used to, so like we're chuckling and Bo's like, what the fuck is this idiot talking <laughs> about? See, like, it's another <laughs> language. I'm one of the right, people yeah. that's sitting here you listening know, like, like, I don't know like, what the Cooper, fuck that is. You're like, Cooper, what about, what about, what about? Like I heard cloud and I recognized that and that was about it. (laughs) (laughs) So I asked, this is a total side note, but Dan, I honestly got, I was, it just happened today wearing one of my old Google cloud, um, pullovers. I almost wore it for this. Then I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I I don't want to change the subject too fast, but I'm, I'm generally interested. This is both a question to you, Dan and to Tom, and you guys can answer it separately. Do you think from the history of veterans day and now in 2021, especially with, you know, the end of GWAT, I guess we can use that term now. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that Veterans Day has changed every year up till now as opposed to how it used to be? Because I feel like, I, let's set a date. Let's set, um, let's just say the World War II era. Do you think that it's changed okay. to where Americans were so supportive of Veterans Day they want to get involved as opposed to nowadays I feel like it's kind of like fallen off a little bit. Like people just mask it and they don't really do as much anymore for Veterans Day. And and Tom, to your point, it's kind of like you said, it's become almost like a sales holiday. Well, let's let's talk yeah. about like the, the history a little bit. And I don't, I don't want to get my facts completely wrong, but I do know Veterans Day used to be a commemorative day for Armistice Day. That was mm-hmm. the end of World War II where mm-hmm. they, um, they officially enacted the treaties to say, okay, the war is over. And it was on the 11th day of the 11th month at the 11th hour. Um, World that, War I. Uh, World War I, thank you. And uh, it wasn't until, I think, almost 50 years, it might have been more than 50 years. I can't remember the exact date, but I want to say it was in the 60s or 70s where it actually transitioned into being re um designated as veterans day okay so excuse me so then right instead of world war ii yeah vietnam and after but to your point yes i, I do think so and i you know i want to think that everybody has the everybody thinks that they are helping in some way but i have a hard time with a lot of the places that you know offer 
you know, just discounts or free meals on Veterans Day, you know, yes, you feel like you're giving back and feel like, you know, you're, you're doing something for good and, and you're, you're positively helping veterans. But, you know, we were talking to, um, uh, Ryan Hendrickson, Mm -hmm. uh, on one of our previous podcasts. And he was talking about how, you know, you, you get to this as veterans, you feel like, with all this stuff coming your way on Veterans Day, well, I'm entitled to it now. Like somebody should be giving me stuff for my service. People should be thanking me for my service. And I think that's the wrong mentality to have is like when people say thank you for your service to me, like I, I typically respond now. It took me a while to get to this point, but I respond now and say, you know, it was my honor to serve because it was, it was my choice. It was, I raised my right hand. I decided to sign that contract yeah, I was young. My frontal lobe probably wasn't fully developed and I probably would have made decisions completely differently now, but it doesn't matter. I still decided to serve on that day. And, you know, it, to me, it was, it was an honor for me to serve. I'm proud of what I did. And, you know, one of the statistics I wanted to pull out of here was, um, 94% of veterans that, that have been surveyed said that they, they appreciated still as a veteran that they served they mm. still would go back and do yeah. it again. And I, I, I think that's such number. a, yeah, that's such a powerful statistic to say, you know, veterans are proud of their service. They're not, mm-hmm. they're yeah, they not, they're not necessarily all looking to get something in return. In fact, a lot of them are still trying to give back and still trying to serve and still trying to do more. And so I think, you know, the veterans day, you know, I, I, I didn't experience it. Unfortunately, you know, early in the year, you know, early 2000s or even in the peacetime, um, I'm sure it was rapidly different. I'd love to get your perspective here in a second, Tom. But um, I, I do think we've gotten far beyond the intent of what Veterans Day should have been and what it should be yeah. now. And just the the free handouts to veterans, I think, is is spreading the wrong narrative. And I think it is it is enabling an entitlement idea behind veterans. And I don't think veterans need to be entitled Maybe, yes, healthcare should be covered. Maybe, yes, uh, mental health services should be there for, for the lifetime, no matter if you're wounded or not. Yes, I think that veterans should have uh, preferential treatment on certain things like uh, home loans and small business loans mm-hmm. and things like that, especially veterans who've served for an extended time that have really been removed from society for a long time and trying to get back out there. But that again, where there's just free handouts on just veterans day. It just, I don't know. It doesn't sit well with me. So I think that veterans day has gotten so horribly commercialized Mm -hmm. and like even, even the NFL this weekend. Okay. As I'm, as I'm sitting there, you know, on Monday night, watching my bears once again, rip my heart out of my chest because for the love of just, oh, God, the Chicago Bears. Growing up in Chicago, <laughs> but, you know, it's pain. But it's like, what is everybody wearing on the sideline? That's not even a real camo pattern. Mm-hmm. Like, it's gotten so bad they won't even pay cry for the multi-cam license. And they created their own bullshit fucking salute to service. Like, look, man. I bet it was awesome on Sunday for the Annapolis cadets to meet the NFL on Fox guys. Like I met Jake Glazer who did MVP, who does amazing work is super, super supportive of, 
of of veterans and through that nonprofit. And he puts his money where his mouth is. And more importantly, he puts his time and his talent and his energy where it is needed. Okay. So mm-hmm. I am so team MVP and I'm so TJ Glazer, like, and I want to be really clear, but like, um, like you went to Annapolis. Cool, man. Right. You, you, you have this, all this apparel and you know, all this like, you know, Oh, for, for veterans, you know, it's just marketing. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's bullshit marketing. And, um, you know, the Department of Defense has paid tens of millions. It might even be hundreds of millions of dollars at this point to the NFL and other organizations like help that for recruiting and things like that. Now, there's a fair conversation for a recruiting budget and all that other stuff. Like, and that's a conversation for another day. But there's this. Like. It's it's almost like the thanking a veteran for their service or acknowledging veteran service is turned in to like the. um sugar soda pop of the United States on some levels with the junk food thing to get behind. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, I don't want free food at Applebee's or Chili's or TGI Fridays or like all of these corporate chains that don't mean shit to me. Right. I don't care that you're gonna, um, you, you know, you're, you're going to give me a trinket or you're going to, you're going to pat me on the back. Like, you know, I, I don't, I, I think, and this is part of me and, and this is just the where I've had to go in my life, especially because I think, I think you, I, I also have to be honest in a situation like this unique to me is I was such an attention whore for so long in my life to sell veteran themed apparel at Ranger up that like, I'm, on some levels, I still wrestle to this day with feeling like I'm part of the problem, mm-hmm. okay? Because the whole, like, freedom isn't free, I paid for it. By the way, that's RU046 from an OG back in the day. I helped create that shirt, okay? The the, the term unapologetically American, we trademarked that, okay? I created that. So I have to also, you know, like, you know, don't tread on me being popular. Like, I helped bring that to the forefront. Like. I have to also acknowledge that there's a lot of me having literally profited with no exaggeration and made my living on some of these things that have become tropes and some of these things that have become massive commercializations. Um, you know, to this day, you know, like I just because you guys know Nick Palmaciano, um, for a decade, one of the fastest ways to piss us off or just make just annoy us would be like the Marine Corps. Con, um, commercial that said there are some men who run to the sounds of the guns because mm-hmm. we had a shirt that said I run towards the sound of gunfire and the Marine Corps PR people flat out said they ripped it off for the commercial to us. I'm like, yeah, we're not paying you guys shit because ha ha ha, you can't do anything about it. <laughs> like, so for me, I think maybe part of it too, and if I'm being honest, is that having been inside of that machine, like, and we didn't actually want it to be that. Like, that's the really frustrating part is that like when we put freedom isn't free, that came from a place in my life in you know, right after college, in the middle of the teeth of the surge and, and everything of being frustrated mm-hmm. of see, you know, the 0.45, we blew that up because we realized like that was, you know, a decade ago now, but we made those shirts and it wasn't, I mean, yeah, we made money off of it, but the primary driver wasn't, oh, let's capitalize on this. It was motherfucker comes, motherfucker see us. We're here. 
Okay, we've done this. We've been at war for a decade now. We are frustrated. We are tired. We are sick of feeling like we're marginalized in society. We're sick of feeling like we can't get a job. We are sick of feeling like we are being underappreciated on one hand, thought of as a ticking time bomb of PTSD on the other, and then patted on the back with nothing behind it because, again, we're the sugary candy soda pop of, you know, causes. Like, mm-hmm. that's where it came from. And then it, you know, it, it as with all good things, and, and when you, once you commercialize someone, like, it, it goes somewhere. But um, so I think maybe I'm being overly sensitive to that, you know, even as I'm thinking about this right now. But there is. There's this massive commercialization of it because at the end of the day, um, there's a lot of fucking money to be made yeah. on all of this. Yeah, and, you know, um, real quick, just because I know we're talking about this topic, I don't want us to come off hypocritical because just yesterday we posted we are doing a 20% off yeah but so we're getting into that territory yeah but well uh, but in our post i you know i feel like we were pretty clear is like yes all right there's there's a fine i I, I feel like there's a fine line right i think there's a fine line for sure what we are doing is we are trying to promote veteran stories Mm -hmm. and i think we were pretty clear Mm -hmm. being like we want these stories to be on everybody's you know in everybody's household yeah and we want yeah. people to read and learn from from these people. Like I think there's that, and then there's come get a free meal, but your family that comes with you still has to pay. Mm, yeah, true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like twenty percent right. off the mattress. Yeah, like there there's definitely a you fine know, and, line. And I mean, it, it, and it kind of goes back to that Ranger Up thing. And I, I yeah, and I have to give. This is where you know I have a hard time because the NFL does do an excellent job of of doing like those short segments and like. 30 for 30s and things like that where yep. they do tell stories like, you know, it seems like every year they, they retell the Pat Tillman story. You know, they've talked about uh, the multiple veterans who've been, um, you know, in the NFL. I, I can't remember his name and I, I feel horrible, but, you know, one of the veterans back uh, from Vietnam who was injured was told that he couldn't join the NFL. Rocky Blyer. Yes, thank you. Um, Rocky and, Blyer. And, and he He's came. awesome, by the way. I met him. Yeah, and he came and, and played in the NFL anyways, and and uh, won a Super Bowl ring. Like, so in the in the NFL, like shares these stories, and I I think that's the important side of it, and I I hope that's the side that people cling on to. It's like, yes, you can definitely commercialize it, and I, I think there is an over commercialization of it. Um, but I do think if you can, if you're going to commercialize it, then you need to have the right messaging behind it. And you needed to have a way of like helping, truly helping whatever cause you're commercializing. And so if mm-hmm. it's veterans and we're going to recognize veterans, you know, how do we truthfully help veterans? How do we truthfully mm-hmm. do more? And that's where like, you know, I wish the NFL would get more behind um, soldiers of sidelines or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like highlight that organization and really, you know, yeah. you know, show what, veterans are capable of going from, you know, service to being trained to being, you know, collegiate coaches and things like that. And like showing their leadership progression. Like that's where I feel like there's, there's the ability to commercialize it, but do it for the right reason and share the right stories along the way. Well, that's the only reason why I brought up is I just want to make sure that we're not a company falling into that same category as other companies that are trying to profit on Veterans Day. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, so, we're doing that to make it more open, but then I don't want to preemptively announce this, but we're also going to be doing more similar things true. after Veterans Day to give back to vet, to 
to organizations. So it, yes, veterans day, I feel like was like our first kind of launching point to doing something, mm -hmm. but we're not stopping at veterans day. We're yeah. doing more into the future. So uh, yes, it, it does feel like that right now. And I actually had a hard time deciding whether or not we were going to do a discount for veterans day, but I, I did think it was important. Um, but along with it, we're also donating books. So like, it's not like we're just giving discounts to people. It's like, no, that's true. And I know that this book is, is more meant to, it's not for us. It's more meant for people to open it up to truly help understand veterans more, which is basically the whole topic of this. Yeah. This episode right now. And to really try and find the proper ways to help or for veterans to see the success stories and the transitional stories and how they can transition better. So mm -hmm. I agree. That's I know yeah, that's we're so, coming about it that way. I mean, I, I would put it like this, and, and this is this comes from having done this a lot, right? I mean, now over a decade of my life has been in veteran content creation and you know, lifestyle apparel and all this other stuff. Um the place that I always land is what's the intent. Okay. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think what frustrates me is that I mean, Dan, you're being a little nicer to the NFL than I am because uh, like, you know. Uh, my cause, my cleats, crucial catch. Like they are so good at turning a cause into marketing. And mm -hmm. um, I am cynical by nature. You guys know that. And so I look at stuff like that and it's like, that's why, I've, honestly, that's why I have so much respect for Jay. Like for real, because that man puts puts his time and that is, the, that is the most precious commodity that he has. He put, he invests his time it's mm -hmm. not a one and done. It's not a, you know, pop smoke. And I know, and for that matter, I know people all across that industry that do that too. So I don't want this to sound like a beatdown on the NFL. Yeah. I just also know that NFL corporate and NFL marketing, uh, they're not investing time. They are seeing dollar signs. Mm -hmm. And there is, there, you can separate the institution or you can separate, here's a great example. You can separate Applebee's, the corporation that's going to give away a free meal tomorrow to any veteran who walks through and can prove it with the waitress or the bartender that serves the veteran the food right and that's and that's where it's it's like you can you can also separate out you know and this is this is where i've gotten when it when it came to ranger up and it, and it comes to this book and giving a discount for people to it to entice them to read these stories is that my intention is to do the right thing mm -hmm. and just like i know all three of ours is mm -hmm. and no matter what we do, like, I mean, we've all gotten the message of you guys are profiteering off of veteran pain because we wrote the book, right? Fuck mm. you. Okay. I mean, like, sorry, sorry, bitter bitch party of you. Like, I don't want to hear that because we haven't made a I know fucking that's not true. penny off Going that with... book. Not yet. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> so we haven't made a yeah. fucking penny in over a year on that book. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, but anyone who's anyone who like understands what we're trying to do understands mm -hmm what the purpose of it was. So there's always going to be a hater. There's always going to be a detractor. There's always yeah. like, so that's why like, even when I look back at freedom, isn't free. And I see what that sort of spawned, right? Like that really was a rip. That was a very deep ripple in the veteran pond or, or the 0.45 that's helped start a national conversation around this, you know, and some of this other stuff that really like turned into like gong resonation sort of shit. Like, did I do it to, to pay my bills? Yes, I did. But was the bigger intent for all of us at Ranger Up to start a conversation to call attention to something that we thought was royally fucked up? Yes. One that's that's why that's why we kept beating the drum. That's why we kept going after it. That's why we kept, you know, doing stuff like that. It was because, you know, that's why we went to Congress, you know, and you know, and and you know, and, and donated all these other people that could like carry those those crosses and things like that. Mm -hmm. So 
that's part of it to me is like is the intent right and i think that mm -hmm. that goes back i think that's sort of been one of the themes that we've talked about this this whole thing when it comes around veterans it's, it's authenticity and what's your intentions are mm -hmm. you can be a rap bastard about anything in your life it doesn't have to be veteran stuff veterans are easy it's a layup in this country um and I think that the other thing we haven't really talked about it, but I, I think that it also sort of ties into all of this is there's a lot of guilt in American society and the veteran and, vet, and the veteran community around all of our stuff. Mm -hmm. There really is less than 1% of the, of the American population's fought over the past 20 years. We have a certain aspect of a warrior class and it's uncomfortable for civilians to admit that they're guilty that someone else went and quote fought their war, which is a bullshit statement on its own that I could talk about for three hours, which I won't, but it's like, so you have that and then you have survivor's guilt in the veteran community and you have this frustration because I think both sides sometimes feel like that Spider-Man meme where looking at it like, oh, you're guilty. Oh, you're, but like, what do you do with it? And I think that sometimes we both sides push the easy button. Like, I don't know what to do. Ah, here's a free meal. I don't know how to talk to you. I don't know. Okay, I'll eat it. Right. Yeah. And then you eat a couple of them. You're like, well, wait, but you didn't give me another one. Yeah. Right. And then suddenly it's like, well, fuck you. I already gave you one, gave you two. And, and it starts and you start having these cycles that come from inauthentic and sort of bad emotional places. And suddenly we're pointing at each other, pissed off, trying to figure out what the fuck. And I, I, I think that that's part of it, too. It just goes yeah. backwards when it was meant to be. It was meant to be positive and go forward. And yeah, and I, I think that that's a, to your point and, and to what you just said, uh, Tom, too, is uh, there's probably a lot of corporate pressure as well mm -hmm. to be like, you you have to do something for Veterans Day. If you don't do something or you for look Veterans bad. Day, you're going to look un-American. You're going to look like you don't support our troops. You know what I mean? So I, I definitely right. think there's there's probably a certain level of that as well. Um, you know, I want to... I want to kind of transition a little bit because, um, you know, I don't want to take up this whole episode talking about all, all the negatives. Right. And like, yeah. there's definitely, and we're, we're <laughs> not talking about all the negatives. So there's definitely some good that's coming out of, out of this mm -hmm. discussion. But, you know, I, I think it's important to understand the state of the veteran population. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tom, you already said, yeah. you know, less than 1% of the American population has served in the global war on terror. There's, um, I think uh, I have the statistic somewhere, but I'm gonna look. I'll look for it later. Um, but uh, there's um, less less percentage of the American population is a veteran now than at any other time in our nation's history. And mm -hmm. there was a statistic that I actually sent you guys. I I, I screenshot it and sent it to you guys. Uh, no, it was a few days ago. Oh, okay, that one um, was about Congress and just mm -hmm. how crazy yeah. it is to see even that is you know at the height in the seventies, eighty percent eighty percent of Congress Congress was veterans, mm -hmm. and now we're at seventeen percent of Congress mm -hmm. is veterans. It's crazy. It's insane to see the decline in the amount of, I guess level of disconnect i think that a lot of the american population has uh to u.s veterans and, and that might be kind of what's exacerbating a lot of these problems but what i will say the, the thing that i'm looking forward to something that i've been noticing more and maybe it's because i'm getting retied into it but tom I, you know you've been saying this too and you've been tied in since you first got out in the veteran like content creation space so you've been tied into it the entire time is there's this almost almost like a reemergence of wanting to reestablish who the American veteran is and get away from a lot of the 
uh, false narratives that are out there of, of who people thought veterans were. You know, we're trying to get away from right. the vet bro culture. We're trying to understand that, you know, we are an annoyingly to use your, you know, your verbiage annoyingly normal and, uh, and just realize that we're humans who decided to serve our country. We have something wired in us, whatever it is to want to serve and I think that's a powerful thing to carry with you. And it's something that I think a lot of veterans are starting to realize that, hey, people in the corporate world may not understand it yet, mm-hmm. but it's my job to educate them. It's my job to take on more leadership positions, to take on more executive level positions, to make sure that people do understand. It's my it's my job to get into politics, to try and you know, get into Congress, into the Senate, into our local community, uh, mayor, you know, uh, mayor, I can't say that word, mayor races and, and, uh, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, gubernatorial races and things like that, you know, it, it, and you're seeing that I'm absolutely seeing that across the nation starting to happen. And mm-hmm. I think there's definitely this yeah. reemergence of, of the veteran culture and it's, it's hopefully going to lead the country I don't know if it's going to be better or worse. I, I certainly believe I do to my core that it is going to be to a better, more united place than we have been the last 20 years. Mm. So, yeah. And I mean, to the point you mentioned politics and stuff, I think my favorite story in politics right now is, and it's not just because we had him in the book. It's Seth Moulton. Mm-hmm. Like, one, let's start off. He's a Democrat. <gasps> Wait, who's a special operations guy who already like some people's minds just going to like implode from those two facts. But yes, Marine it doesn't, Corps. you know, like it's very common. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like he had no intention of really doing it. He got, you know, he went to get his MBA and suddenly he's like, no, I can do something, you know. Now he's an Ivy Leaguer. And so that helped accelerate him into the position to take advantage of that faster through that network Mm -hmm. but he did what all good veterans do like all or not all good veterans i didn't want to i don't want something like that but veterans that have that that continue to remember that our competitive advantage is our work ethic is our ability to problem solve and our abilities to adapt right he saw a need he had good relationships he worked really really hard and then he's out there being like well these are the things that matter to me mental health is huge to him like yeah. i still mm-hmm. hit Seth up i'm like yo if you need me dude like i am all in to, to help with that because that's an apolitical thing to me right yeah. like we're not agree on everything totally but is. i don't agree with any politician on everything anyway but it's like he's a good dude right and to your point dan about the positives and this is the thing about veterans that i like if there's one, you know, I kind of barely leave, but there's one thing I think that I'm thinking about this. And, and Jason Van Camp said this too, is like, it's the good dude test, right? Like the faster we get back as a community and as a population to just, he's a good dude, go help him. Or he's a, or she's a good dude. Dude's a gender neutral term in the military, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, if you didn't know is. that. Like you want to, <laughs> it's really, it's like that. Like you want to work with them the better off we'll be. You know, I was actually talking to uh, a mutual friend of the three of ours, Tito, um, about the whole Afghan evac thing and that entire network, tens of thousands of people being saved all like you want to, you want to see the power of the veteran community in the moment's notice. I cannot wait for stuff like digital Dunkirk and the Afghan evac and everything like for those stories really to be written and really to be told Mm -hmm. because that entire thing 
was all built on they're a good dude. Mm -hmm. Civilian, NGO, former military, current military, you know, government service, like whatever. All of it was just that they're a good dude. They're here to help. Yeah. They're moving towards the sound of the hurt. They're doing like, so for me, and, and this has been, it's been really, really hard because I mean, like I eventually hit a wall between doing all of that. And then, you know, some stuff, you know, you and my day job that I finally, you know, plus, you know, the book. And I was like, I kind of blew up for a little while. And actually Tito and I were talking about that ironically enough uh, yesterday. Um, just being like, man, dude, like it, it's been crazy, but that's, that's it. Like you want, you want to know what it is that makes the American, the Americans in general, you know, like who we are and especially the American veteran that per capita seems to be higher. It's that sort of thing. It's, it's gone completely sideways. I mean, everything has gone wrong. There's a vacuum of leadership, right? Because the president Biden royally fucked that up. I mean, even his party says that, right? What are we going to do? You know, well, Moulton's like, fuck this. I'm getting on a plane. Calls Pete Meyer across the aisle. And is like, we're both, you know, former military. Like, dude, let's go check this shit out. Like, let's go see what's up. Mm-hmm. They're on a plane. They're there. They get in because that's what they do. You know, back here, you know, people like Tito and myself and just any we know are on our phones going like, dude, what are we going to need to do? How do we make like, hey, have you talked to this person? They're a good dude. Right. You learn that in the military. You learn that that's the power of the American veteran. Right. Like if, if we want to talk about the positive, it's that there is something about being forged in that fire, being forged in that crucible, being seen in that light. Where when everything goes completely and totally to shit, which is what the end of the GeoOt was, it went as far sideways as something possibly could. They everyone steps up, and I mean, I've thought about this a lot lately. Like the psychology of me trusting someone over an app because another person that I know who admits they barely know this person, (laughs) right? But they're like they're gonna help you, and ultimately. Through that person, we end up saving. I mean, literally, truly, and, and you guys were there in the middle of, of one of the crazy things I was working on, literally saving lives. Like people mm-hmm. are alive, thousands, tens of thousands of people are alive right now through that. Mm-hmm. Just stop and think about how antithetical that is to the modern era where we don't trust, where it's all this this flashy, schlocky, echo chambery social media bullshit, yeah. right? That so that to me is that's the legacy, and that's the the more we get there, I, I think the better off we're we will be, not just as a society, but as um, you know, as a community and as veterans. And it's like one of those things where, like, again, it's not just using the book, but like dudes like Seth, I, I really like. You know, I, I guess I should be calling him Representative Moulton. Like, so, sorry, buddy, if you're if you're watching this, like, I don't mean to be be rude or or dismissive of your position. I'm just like. But it's like that's that's what matters, right? Like it's 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 seeing the need, it's stepping into the void, and you want to know what? That's not a uniquely veteran proposition, mm-hmm. and and that's the thing, you know. Like when General Votel wrote the foreword to the book, and and we've talked about this at length. Like everyone can do that. Mm-hmm. Veterans just have had more practice at it because we were forced to have more practice. I mean, all right, Dan, I'll, I'll throw this out there at you when you're talking about the positives and like with the veteran. How many times do you think? You and I, between starting basic training, 
to getting our fire teams in the Ranger Regiment, okay? I know you did it a little faster than I did, but we're just going to say for those two years, okay? Help brother out. Dan was an all-star, ladies and gentlemen. Like, he's super low-key about it, but that dude was a fucking all-star. Like, how many times did we have a chance to say, fuck this, I quit? Any day. You could say, I'm done. I, I mean, every single day we could be like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Yep. Right? And, and and there's some hard days in there, Right? You know, whether, you know, whether it's getting, you know, beat up in, in, in the Ranger indoctrination program and being told you're worthless to being told you're worthless as a private to going to Ranger school to, uh, cause you guys all know, and, and little baby Yoda's back there. But I actually thought one time when I was so sleep deprived, I was on Tatooine and R2D2 <laughs> and C3PO were, uh, were, were my ambush bouncers. Like, so I thought they were, I thought they were like seriously there. Like I even like whispered over my, my Ranger boy, I'm like, Hey, Hey. And we're on an ambush line, so of course they think that, like, you know, the bad guys are coming, right? I'm like, I'm like shh, you're going to scare them. They're like, what? I'm like, R2, and, and, and it's Goldenrod, C-3PO. <laughs> Never forget this. Jason, uh, who's a 175 guy, um, tips my my helmet forward and smacks my head off the ground, like, with my K-pot. So it's like, it's just my helmet hit. My face didn't, it was just the helmet. It's like, it's like, dude, you're groaning. You got to wake up. But it's like. <laughs> So many people in life like fuck this. I'm done, right? Yeah. I, I if I'm seeing fucking R2D2 and C3PO on goddamn Dagobah, like this is not the life for me. But you persevere through it, right? You, and and that's that's just a difference. The veterans just have to do some of that. Like when you're in the middle of a gunfight, you don't get to say I quit. <laughs> like that's that's why you go through all that. That's why you force yourself through it because uh, you know when when that that angry wasp sound of that AK went buzzing over your head dan i'm sure you don't want like okay we're good see you we're going we're going back like you don't get to do it yeah you know and that's to quit. just it we just have more practice at it yeah it's uh you know to, to your point especially about the afghani vac I, I think that that in itself right there you know was was the probably the worst most gut-wrenching moment for veterans mm. but it was also the most inspirational moment for veterans i feel like it was it was that mm -hmm. that pinnacle moment where it's like we could either roll over and die and give up and literally say well this is shitty and just be like groan about it and be like i guess that's that or we could step up and do something about it and you saw thousands of veterans step up and mm -hmm. start doing yep. something about it and, and it was didn't matter the red tape it didn't matter the funding issues it didn't matter the the no's that were being thrown at veterans that you can't do this, you can't do that, this is against the law, you can't do this, whatever. It was like, it doesn't matter, we're saving lives and we'll deal with the repercussions later. Like, and that's what it was. Yeah. And, and I mean, my God, the stories that will eventually come out of this, that, that you know, like, after, and I'm, and I'm not exaggerating for some people who think I might be like, after the statute of limitations in some cases has expired, but the, man but the thing but the thing about it and that, that always to me was crazy and i mean you guys heard me say this a lot when we did interviews and stuff about this it's like people that were concerned about who these afghans were the other thing was that we all knew them mm -hmm. that's the that's the thing that actually i've dan i'd be really interested to hear your opinion on this just because um as a veteran and Bo actually just sort of as a civilian watching it definitely that too but it was like i think the thing that's bothered me in the aftermath of the afghan evac is because I don't know how to both make veterans care again and show civilians and just show society in general the power of caring. Because we did it 
because we knew these people. We did it because we knew that no one else was going to give a shit about a translator halfway around the world. No one was going to care about this family of this man that had helped us in and was going to be willing to cut through the red tape with a machete to help both of his wives and his five kids because American society says you're only supposed to be married to one woman and have three kids, right? Like, like no one cared. It was just like, these are our people and we are going to take care of them because we feel responsible. And I look around and we should be doing that every single day here Mm -hmm. in America, right? Like, and I'm not, uh, this is not meant to be a shaming thing. This is not meant to be anything other than this is just something I've wrestled with. And I've asked myself personally, it's like, why did I care so much about the twins, right? Why did I care so much about some of these people at a gate, you know, that I'm trying to get them to show an emblem to a specific group of people and they only have 20 minutes or the password's going to change, right? And why, And it's 3.30 in the morning and I haven't slept for three days. Why do I care so much, right? And it's, and it's not because it's like if we all showed as a society a tenth of that mm-hmm. every day, like – it, the, the calculus of America changes so much. And, I, and, and, it, and it changes in a way where it's like, I'm done making the excuse about the social media echo chamber. Like we were talking about with veteran suicide. We confront that by being honest, authentic, and having relationships, of picking up the phone, right? You know, it, we, we, we combat that by refusing to not have a hard conversation, right? In love and, and, and with compassion and with empathy, right? Like all of these things that we intellectually know, that we intellectually sort of understand in our heads and for the right person, for that right one or two people in our lives will do. Mm-hmm. But during the EVAC, man, it was free for all. It was, pfft, we're just saving as many as we can. And it was kind of like the same thing right after 9-11. It was like, and that's the thing that I just noticed is the parallel of how it started and how it ended. Because once we got hit, and I mean, again, I was in Germany when that happened. America rallied. Yeah. And at the end of it, the vet community rallied in this way that was just like 20 years of lessons being just coming out of a floodgate over two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand what it is about human beings that gives us the capacity to do that. But then for a short period of time, but then not sustain it. Well, I think it's for veterans. I think it was very clear. Like there was there was a timeline. It was like this has to be done now or the yep. worst is going to happen. Literally, people are going to lose their lives. Literally, people are going to lose mm. uh, yeah. any level of freedom that they had previously. Like there was a very clear deadline to get something done. So mm-hmm. that's where the yep. urgency and I feel like where the I don't give a shit, I'll drop everything, let's just get it done mentality came from. But to your point, I think that's such a powerful skill to have that I, I, I kind of wonder, can we replicate that? with some of these issues yeah. that we've talked about early. Well, I think you know, most, most we, people don't see like what you said, that word urgency that you almost, the time was ticking. Yeah. We don't have that right now. It's, so most people don't see that like mm-hmm. that in the United States. They don't see that the time is ticking. There's no sense of urgency built up to come together and help veterans or for civilians to become, you know, I guess, uh, more connected to veterans. Mm. Well, that's where, and that's where I just push it off. Yeah. And you're, you're absolutely right. And I think that's where we can come in and we can say, Hey, 
you know, let, let's bring it back to the beginning of our conversation. I, again, I, I don't like talking about this all the time, but you know, the 22 a day, if we said, Hey, if we don't change something, what's, what's 200 or 22 times 365, uh, six, let me get my handy. Dandy 6,000, 6,000 something. Uh, that sounds about right. 7,000 something. Anyways, if we don't do something, we're going to lose 7,000 no, veterans, 8,000, 8,000 by the end of this year. Like, what a fucking that's people. a huge number now to think about like 22 a day yeah it kind of sucks but like hey if we do if we don't start acting right now we're going to lose 8,000 people by the end of this year 8,000 more veterans are going to be gone by the end of this year or you know within the next 365 days maybe that is the thing to there's like, your urgency yeah to develop some urgency and to actually put some something in action to get something done and we are seeing that with some of the things like um you know, burn pits right now are, are in the news and you're seeing a huge yeah. resurgence of that's great. Well, veteran, seven is yeah, going with that. huge, re, huge resurgence of, of veteran advocacy of, of trying to, uh, what's his name? Isaiah. Um, uh, what's his last name? Oh yeah. The dude that's running for Congress. Yes. He's running oh, for that Congress speech now. Was awesome. Because, well, I don't, like, I don't know if he was running for Congress previously. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. I, I actually want to look more into his story cause I just relatively recently, um, learned you know his story and him running for congress but like he realized that yes he can be a voice for veterans and the only way that he's going to get something to move quickly is to be in a position to get it to move Mm -hmm. and so that's why he's running for congress and i think again as veterans that's where we can see the opportunity to be like all right there is something that is going to happen by this day if we don't do something about it so let's get it done and maybe yes. that's the mentality we need to have with veteran suicide, with veteran homelessness, with veteran uh, um, healthcare issues, mental issues, like all these things that we talk about all the time that there, there's these issues. Maybe there is like a critical timeline we need to we need to put behind them and make them initiatives as opposed to just like throwing money at the 60,000 plus yeah. veteran organizations that say they're doing something for veterans. So I guess yeah. in short, um, and Tom, I'll have your point as we start to wrap up on the final topics, what can we all focus on with veterans day coming up tomorrow? It's obviously the conversation has to change. So in mm-hmm. short, what can we all do? To really kind of come it's together. Not your, it's not your money. It's your time. Yeah. It's not your, it's not your, it's not your, the things you say, it's what you do with it. Like it's again, like it's, it's not, it's not a social media post. It's picking up the phone, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, and, and it's having a conversation and being vulnerable, right? Like, you know, like, dude, I mean, you know, like our, our mutual friend and I today or the other day was like, I was just like, man, like, dude, I'm, I was smoked. Like, cause you know, they'd hit me a call. I was like, I'm sorry. Like I just needed to, to unplug a little bit. I, I just needed to take a break. And they're like, dude, I get it. Are you okay? Yeah, bro. How are you doing? Well, you know, I had to take some time off too, but I'm back. And like, this is the thing I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Right. It's, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the confluence of those things. It's, it's the, I, you know what? I, I would distill it down to this. It's actually paying attention. Mm-hmm. It's slowing down enough and giving enough of your time to show you're paying attention. Because if you can do that, that's when you're being authentic. And if you're authentic, good things happen. Like we've seen that time yeah. and time again, the three of us as a trio. Like 
you know, part of the other thing about, you know, because we're talking about the Afghan evac, why that works is everyone's authentic. Everyone came, no one came to that with an agenda other than I'm here to help. Because mm-hmm. that's the only way that was going to work, right? That's the only way the they're a good dude network works. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And, and and to my – and Go ahead. Sorry. And, and I and I mean, I'm like, you know, to in a, taking it to, to you, Bo, when you were, you know, doing the, the interviews with the audio and stuff, why did it work even if you – you know, asked a guy like Fetford, you know, how many <laughs> combat tours he had because there was an authenticity. Yeah. Because yeah. because you were you cared because you showed that. And and they sense that. I think that if we all got there, you know, and as veterans, we need to do a better job of, of giving a shit about something other than our multicam fucking ball caps. OK, like we need to do a better job of not acting like vet bros. OK, like. Part of the thing about vet bro culture for every veteran is that some of it's like, oh, that is actually what, you know, but it's, it's being, it's not just, um, it's not just sort of like vet washing it. It's not, you know, it's being authentic. It's like, yeah, I love shooting. And, and yeah, you know, I, I mean, I actually wore my multi cam hat today, like, cause I just like grabbed it. I'm like, I'm wearing this one forever. I walked in my office with it. Right. But that's not all I am. That's not everything that that we do it's it's being it's not being a caricature it's being authentic and i think that would get us all veteran civilian and the like so much farther in life if that's where we were yeah and and my point was going to be to my fellow civilians listening that whether you think you're connected to the military or veterans or you're not i mean i think we can all speak that we know of a gentleman that runs a golf organization who never served in the military yeah. Didn't know any veterans. His his father served, and that was it. And he runs that what golf chapter in five states. Yeah, it's growing. It's even bigger than that now. It's uh, and all he does yeah. is just give. He just listens to veterans. He takes them out golfing. He does a bunch of events and tournaments. Found a way to connect to people. And well, it, you know, Mike Hall, who is a legend, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. although don't. If he hears me say this, I'm I'm gonna get a don't say that again, nasty gram, which is totally fair, Sergeant Major. Um, you know, he talks all the time about, you know, people, you know, to show people you care is, is by listening, is by paying attention. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's being there, it's being present. And that you, you never you feel like you're the only person in the room when you're in you're when you're talking to Mike Hall. It's he has a gift for that. And I'm so jealous of that because I, I hope one day to be half of that the way he is. Like I know, like Daddy, even you smile when I start talking about it. It's like man, you start talking to him and suddenly it's like you're the only person. He mean mm-hmm. he mean talking to ten people at the same time, but you feel like you're the only person because he just knows how to have that level of connection. And I think that you know, he's 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 an apex ex- example of it, but I do. I think that that's what we're missing. And I think that that's the unfortunate and frustrating part. Yeah. I think uh Dan, what are your final thoughts? You know, I, I think for me, um, even from last year to this year, granted 2020 was weird, and let's say 2019, 2019 to now, you know, Veterans Day has has become and, and means something different to me. And, and this project, you know, mm-hmm. um, the 20-year war has, has really reshaped my perspective a little bit. And I hope mm-hmm. that a lot of veterans take these words to heart. But to Tom's point, you know, you really need to, open yourself up to being able to talk, but then also, um, and not, not be upset and angry about the 
ignorant questions and the the things that people are just generally authentically curious about. Just be okay with answering yep. stupid questions like me. And uh, but <laughs> and then to the point that I was saying exactly saying earlier, um, you know, don't don't be an entitled veteran. Don't take what you volunteered for, what you decided to spend your time serving for granted. Mm-hmm. Understand why you did yeah. it and reflect on that. And I really think that should be the day for veterans to reflect. Veterans Day for me is going to be a day of me thinking about my service, what it meant to me, and how I can take the lessons that I've learned and impact my community. And that's how I'm yeah. going to spend my Veterans Day. And then it's going to be reconnecting with some of the veterans I haven't talked to in a while. Mm-hmm. Some of the guys that I served with that I probably haven't talked to in way too long and just reach out to a few of them and say, hey, man, how's it going? You know, how's your family? How's life? I'm excited because I get to be an educator on Veterans Day and about the veteran experience at work and and, and some other places. And uh, you usually, you know, historically, and, and again, 2020 didn't count, but um, Veterans Day would be the day that I would take off and just get blasted. Yep. I mean, just like yep. wrecked. And, and then, you know, reach out to some people, you know, it's like now, like I'm not, I'm not drinking at all tomorrow because I, I just feel like I, I owe that to myself and I want to make that sort of a point to say that I'm going to do something different. Um, we're doing a guest speaking event you know, with Amazon. Gonna, yeah. Yep. Instead, yeah. We, I mean, we're, we're instead doing, of drinking, <laughs> we're doing that. What's up? I said, instead of uh, drinking, I mean, we're speaking in front of thousands of Amazon employees to help talk yeah. about veterans. And, you know, I'm going to do that at work and in a couple other places and um, got to talk to some kids from Omaha about, you know, military life and stuff. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) but it's that's the that's that's the thing is that I think that to your point, Dan, is I think that and sort of to what I was saying is that I think that. To continue to serve is the greatest calling that you're ever going to have, and I think that for me, that's that's better. And you know, I'm there's going to be days, you know, or moments tomorrow where I'm sad. Like that's mm-hmm. the other thing when it comes about that vulnerability. Like I can't, um, like you mentioned Pat Tillman earlier, I can't think of Pat and not think about being the guy whose finger ended up at his name in the Ranger Command Center in 2004 and realized that he was dead. Can't forget the. Uh, hearing the, the, the JAG officer being like, no, we're the ones that did it. You know, I, I can't not think about guys like Jay Blessing and hearing that he got blown up in 03 and, you know, Rick Barraza and just, you know, like I can go through these dudes that all meant something to me mm-hmm. that aren't here to celebrate with me. Tommy Vitagliano. I mean, like Josh Wheeler is my squad. I can go on forever, um, you know, and you know, we have, I know we have a Memorial day and stuff too, but I can't not think about those guys mm-hmm. when I think about my service, mm-hmm. if I think too deeply about it. And so, um, you know, it's always, like you said earlier, Dan, it's always bittersweet, but, um, you know, I'm still called to serve and, and I'm excited to, to be able to do that a little bit tomorrow. Yeah. 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 And I think, uh, as we wrap up to come full circle that to wrap up on your guys's points is for tomorrow, just spend the day honoring veterans and what they've sacrificed and what they've gone through and call somebody. Yeah. 
Connect with people. Yeah. <clears throat> Just connect. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, if you're a veteran, reflect on your service and, and especially reflect on the positives. Live for those that can't live for themselves. Um, you know, be there for your family, your loved ones, your fellow brothers and sisters you served with. And, and uh, you know, make it a day that's, that's meaningful. That's like yes. something that you are like, I look forward to Veterans Day because I get to be with my family and I get to mm-hmm. reach out to some guys I, or gals I haven't reached yeah. out to in a while. Like make it something meaningful for you. Don't make it something that's, again, to your point, Tom, you're going to think about the things that were the negatives in your service and the people that you've lost, but bring it full circle. And, and, and again, think about, you know what? Yes, I lost some, but I need to live my life for them and I need to live the life they couldn't have. Yeah. And, you know, and think about all the, the, the dumbass things that you, you did when you were serving that we can't talk about on a podcast even like this. <laughs> <laughs> because exactly. some of those things, the statutes of limitations, is probably still not run out. No, I'm kidding. 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 Mostly. <laughs> but no, like, you know, have a good time with it too. Celebrate it. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I think that, well, I got to say, too, for people listening that uh, maybe they're tuning in for the first time, uh, obviously, Tom is not our guest. Tom is part of our company, and it's great to have you on again because I feel like Dan and I kind of run the podcast and we have guests and you're taking care of other things in the company, but it's great to all three of us to come together for Veterans Day tomorrow. And I think we can all agree that I'm thankful that we have listeners and people that want to chime in, that want to yeah. continue to you know, lack of a better term, subscribe to what we're talking about mm-hmm. and listening to the stories. You know, usually we're here every week. It's, you know, been a couple of weeks because we've all had personal things that have come up. But I think it's just the right time to really give thanks to the people and the veterans that want to listen mm-hmm. to us and hear the other veteran stories and want to connect and get closer to these people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you heard it, but the other veteran, the, the one of our dogs named Athena, who is a veteran was also uh had a little bit of a barkus to let us know so she's she's in agreement with you as well there so that's awesome well guys i i appreciate it and uh i'm looking forward to tomorrow and mm-hmm. and uh looking forward to um celebrating this life celebrating our our service tom you and i and uh thanking you Bo, for you know being a civilian and being connected to veterans in a, in a unique way. And I think everybody can learn from your, your experience. And, um, it's a pretty powerful lesson and, and, uh, one that I think a lot of people can connect to and will connect to. Um, so with that, everybody have a great night, have a great veterans day. And, uh, we'll talk to you again on our next episode. Yep. Take care.